0: Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Crocktime podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today's episode will be a deep dive on Brazil. We will go over the country's amazing geopolitical prospects for the future in fact its great geographical position and prime standing in commodity markets will propel the country to superpower status this century and as we always like to do on this podcast we will dive into the other side of brazil's prospects the country is affected by structural macroeconomic weaknesses which could complicate its rise to superpower status such as debt productivity, and demographics, just to name a few. So let's cut to the chase and explore this fascinating country. A famous saying from many decades ago says Brazil is the country of the future and always will be. While many people would see this as negative, I think it is quite an achievement. Remaining the country of the future for so long is actually a very hard thing to do. You can't really say the same about Argentina or Venezuela, can you? It is, however, puzzling because Brazil's history can't be considered a success nor a failure, but more a combination of the two. It saw double-digit growth periods, followed by terrible recessions and lost decades. From 2000 to 2012, Brazil was one of the fastest growing major economies in the world. It actually surpassed the GDP of the UK for a brief period before entering a very bad recession in 2014. While the recession finished by 2016 and 2017, the recovery has been unimpressive to say the least. Therefore, even with all its ups and downs, people continue to see great potential in this country. But what is its geopolitical situation today? Brazil's situation is very unique as it is in what I like to call the geopolitical soft spot. It basically is extremely rich in natural resources and far away from the major geopolitical rivalries in the world. Regarding natural resources, the country produces everything, whether it's soybeans, coffee, oranges, tobacco, chicken, beef and milk. Brazil's agribusiness industry is just absolutely booming. The country produces enough food to feed a billion people. Despite this, it is sad to see that the country has some 33 million people experiencing severe food insecurity, according to Rede Pensan. Brazil doesn't just grow food, its mining industry is also flourishing. It is the second largest producer in the world of iron ore while extracting just about anything such as gold, copper, bauxite, tin, lithium and nickel. It is also the largest producer in the world of niobium, essential for gas pipelines and superconducting materials such as MRI scanners. The country's oil and gas prospects are also amazing. Brazil will probably become a top-four producer of oil in the world by the end of the decade. Brazil's geography can be seen as advantageous in the context of geopolitical rivalries because of its distance. Brazil is the largest, most populous country in its neighborhood, but it is also far, far away from the main geopolitical hotspots, such as the Middle East, Eastern Europe or Eastern Asia. Its involvement in conflicts and tensions from major geopolitical rivalries is minor. Even though Prime Minister Lula's first two terms saw a period of increased international engagement and ambitions such as BRICS, regional integration and South-South cooperation, its geopolitical weight around the world is still relatively light. You add these two big factors with the country's large domestic market, its specialization as a manufacturer of automobile parts, computers, aircraft and steel, and you get a country with excellent geopolitical prospects. But let's now look into Brazil's biggest macroeconomic weaknesses and understand why that country's excellent geopolitical prospects will possibly fall short. One of the first weaknesses on the list is the country's deteriorating demographic picture. Yearly population growth was at 0.52% between 2010 and 2022. The previous decade, it was 1.17%. Its fertility rate is falling and its demographic picture is getting worse. Forecasts from the World Bank suggest the population will start to decline from 2040. While this is common for developed economies, I'd like to remind you that Brazil is a middle-income developing economy. If we look at each demographic indicator from Brazil, such as its fertility rate, yearly population growth, average age, Brazil fares worse than other large and developing economies such as India, Indonesia, Mexico, Colombia and Bangladesh. While the demographic picture deteriorates, Brazil's GDP per capita is still around 30% less than its peak in 2011. Brazil risks becoming old before becoming rich. The second structural macroeconomic weakness concerns a weak labor market and de-industrialization. Brazil's labor force participation rate is still below the COVID-19 pandemic. The country's labor market has failed to grow along with generally good demographics so far. What is even more striking about Brazil's economy is the manufacturing deindustrialization as manufacturing as a percentage of GDP has declined from 34% in the 1980s to 11% today. Shifting from manufacturing to services is the normal trend for countries as they become a developed economy. But this is happening prematurely in the country. Brazil's service-oriented economy is not the type of high-specialization service economy, the one that allows countries to become developed and rich. South Korea and Taiwan's tech specialization is a clear example of a desired high-specialization I am referring to. Brazil mostly relies on low-value-added services, reducing Brazil's economic complexity, which is essential for an economy to grow sustainably. The country is focusing too heavily on commodities, primarily agriculture, while the rest of the economy declines. Brazil doesn't have a competitive advantage in any key industry, except for agriculture. Employment growth now increasingly relies on primary industries and the public sector. If nothing changes, Brazil will just continue to be a large commodity-oriented economy. Debt is also another problem, as it has grown tremendously since the onset of their 2014 recession. As we highlighted before, its economy and GDP per capita is still lower than what it had been pre-recession. In the same time frame, Brazil's debt has increased by a wide margin. Total economy debt is now around 170% of GDP and it grew by 50 to 60% of GDP since 2014, which is staggeringly high. Total public debt to GDP is one of the highest in all of Latin America. Just for context, this figure is 42% in Mexico. Household debt has also risen sharply and now represents close to 40% of GDP, double Mexico and Turkey. Brazilian interest rates peaked in 2015 and then fell from around 15% all the way down to one to 2% and remained there until after COVID-19. This means that since 2014, the Brazilian economy hasn't grown, its GDP per capita has fallen and is still below its peak, and the country's debt load has grown dramatically. What is problematic about this debt is its very short duration at only three to four years. Just as an example, in the UK, it is around 12 to 14 years. Brazilian interest rates are still high at over 13%. Therefore, we should see a sharp increase in funding to service the debt in the near term, which isn't largely seen in many other emerging markets. Household debt service ratios are going through the roof and interest coverage ratios are falling sharply. All of this is a recipe for disaster. The final weaknesses we will cover concern investment and falling productivity. Overall investment in the country as a share of GDP peaked in 2013 and since then has fallen precipitously. It does seem to have recovered somewhat in recent years, but is still some way from its top. What is surprising, however, is the low productivity of its labor force. A fallen investment could be one of the explanations, but the following three reasons are more likely to explain the weak productivity number one a fall in the marginal productivity of debt increasing debt in the economy has not led to gdp growth number two weak governance has caused widespread corruption and a poor rule of law operation car wash petrobras and americanas are just a few examples of high profile scandals in recent years number three Global competitiveness is falling along with its global rankings as inefficient labor markets, burdensome tax systems, poor education and infrastructure take its toll. I would like to point out though, that it seems that Lula is making a bit of progress on the tax system recently. So I'll keep my fingers crossed for this. Other weaknesses that I'd like to mention are related to Brazil's fiscal policy which focuses a bit too much on social programs, which boost consumption, but don't really lead to lasting GDP growth. In general, political volatility is a worrying area as Bolsonaro and his supporters continue to influence Brazilian politics. A lack of policy stability and predictability are related to this. Protectionism is another challenge as Brazil is known for restricting free trade and intervening in trade policies. And this is certainly not helping put the country at the center of changing supply chains around the world. Research and development is not really ingrained in the corporate culture and I like to see high R&D as this leads to innovation and entrepreneurship. So what are the investment implications for Brazil given these two conflicting stories? Well, inflation is falling and the central bank continues to keep interest rates at elevated levels. Brazil has increasingly gotten hooked on debt with very low durations. I fear that when households, corporates and the government refinance at these higher interest rates, it will potentially lead to a credit bubble pop, possibly leading to a non-performing loan or NPL cycle. If we look at other areas, there are certain worrying signals emerging. Demographics are not good. Productivity of its labor force is low. Brazilian politics is becoming increasingly polarizing. Economic complexity is low and not improving. The country's prospects are exclusively focused on agriculture, energy and mining. And I didn't even mention the country's crime or the booming narco business. Yes, its geopolitical situation looks great and enviable, but is it enough to compensate for all its other weaknesses? I am not too sure about this. While I am definitely interested in certain pockets of the Brazilian economy, such as its agribusiness and energy sectors, the rest of the economy isn't looking as bright. While recent policy moves from the Lula government do seem promising, such as tackling the country's massive tax mess, it will take time. I just need to see more to believe that Brazil will be the country of the future. I certainly think Brazil will become a superpower one day, but what kind of superpower they will become depends on the reforms they do today. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Crock Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.